What is going on, everyone? Mike Singer and Tim Hyde. We are live on YouTube with this week's Notre Dame football show. Pod like a champion if listening via podcast. Hope everyone is doing well. Got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, we're good. Tim Tim Hyde's reaction to the AD changes at Notre Dame. I know it's kind of last week's news at this point, but we uh, haven't heard from Tim on the news. So we will uh, talk to Tim Hyde about that and a bunch of Notre Dame recruiting updates as well. So if you're with us live or watching back, please do go ahead and hit the thumbs up on this video. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for more content. And if you are listening via podcast, please, please, please um, leave us a kind review wherever you may get your podcasts. Um, but yeah, Tim, without further ado, my friend, how are you doing? What's uh, what's new in your world? Happy Wednesday to everybody. Look forward to doing a little uh, talking with everyone. No, life is good. So one day closer, one week closer to the season kicking off so this is that lull you know and uh watched a little bit of you and Goolsby the other night I haven't finished it yet but caught a little bit of you guys and the same thing it's like all right let's just get going we're into June's guys are starting to summer workouts and let's get rocking so it's gonna be a fun season coming up yeah fun show with Mike Goolsby the other night talking about some Notre Dame recruits as well as the AD stuff so make sure if you missed that which I'm sure you haven't uh, make sure you go watch that or listen to that podcast, but I always recommend the YouTube because, uh, yeah, you get uh, more bang for your buck with the visuals there. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, Tim, 73 days until Notre Dame versus Navy. How about that? Yeah, not, I'm not, I'm not counting the 73. Holy moly. So we got to get, we got to get going here. Camp certain rolling. That's, that's coming up. Is that, yeah, I was about to say, I don't know if that makes it feel closer or farther away, but, uh, or further, yeah, further so- away. Yeah. Um, so are they going to start camp? I wonder if they're going to start the last week in July. They got early. A week, yeah. Yeah, they haven't announced anything. I didn't so. thought about that. Yeah, thought of that now since 73 days away, so they must. Well, that's a recruiting week for Notre Dame. The last week of July is always a, the dead period lifts, and you can have unofficial visits. Um, and the barbecue? A little barbecue they've been doing the last few years? Yeah. Gotcha. The grill and chill. The grill and chill. There you go. There you go. I'm hearing, I'm not reporting it yet because I need to confirm with a, another source. So I'm hearing of a big visitor for Notre Dame that week as well on the recruiting front. So the staff will be in town. Don't, do not, come on. It, it, Chicago's down the road. Is that the grill and chill? Oh, there goes the rumor mill. There we go. Uh, you, hey, I'm not saying anything. Right? I, neither am I. <laughs> that would be pretty sweet though if it's if it's that guy that you're saying. Yeah. But we'll, yeah. we'll see. Drink we'll some Starbucks coffee and uh, some pastries. We'll be good. Yeah. Stay tuned, I guess. Um, first topic of discussion, Tim. Jack Swarbrick out. There's no AD search for, for you know, Father Jenkins. It's Pete Bavecqua lined yeah. up right away. Did you have much of a reaction to this, Tim? When, when you heard the news, what was your initial thought? Yeah. Uh, Google and uh I put in the name, but I mean, that's probably what every single Notre Dame fan did. Like, who? And, uh, oh, I was impressed. I mean, my, my, my first, you know, reaction on him was like, okay, I like the fact that he's, he's basically a sports attorney. You know, he's just, his, his, his whole life has been in sports. I think that's huge. You know, Jack Swarbrick came from the corporate world. He was a lawyer there, obviously, as an alum as well, but he's a sports attorney. I think that's massive. Like he's been in the ins and outs of so many things in his tenure. And I don't know. I, that's, that's what really got me going was that. And obviously the NBC thing, you start, you know, pinching, you know, the holes together and start punching things together and adding everything up and you start to see, okay, do a little bit more reading. And I mean, he is like in deep with Notre Dame, all the, all the things that they've been going on with NBC, you know, uh, I would put two and two together. They're probably going to re-up with NBC. I would not, you know, that was one of my other first things was, all right, this guy's not taking the Notre Dame job unless he knows what the heck he's getting into, meaning the television contract, you know, so because he's the one that's been doing that, obviously, with uh, Jack Swarbrick and Notre Dame. So I was impressed on that. Obviously, the big thing, you know, you read his resume, the, you know, I like the fact that he, you know, I, I know Goolsby said walk on. Yeah, yeah, he was a walk on, but he was there. He was, he, you know, he knows what a uh, big time football looked like, at least from the sidelines, right? During those uh, glory, I mean, he was there with 89, 90, 91, 92 on the football team. And uh, he was around some dudes. So I think that's exciting. And then the last thing I would say is just the networking. I think that's going to be a big function of this moving forward is 
all the connections he has from his PGA, NBC. And these are massive corporations. So his Rolodex is going to be pretty thick. And he's going to be able to talk to a lot of people, I think, as he evolves into uh, the Notre Dame AD job. So I'm excited. I, and I love the fact that he's coming in here in a few weeks and going to just do basically a six-month intern. And, uh, and I know Swarbrick's talking about the apparel deal and so many other things are going to be happening pretty soon, and he's going to be a part of that. Yeah, I do like that, that the, you know, those guys will get to work together. So he will uh, – he will um... – you know, get kind of get to go through that. Mm-hmm. Um, Roger asked, what's his views on NIL? I don't know. Yeah. Haven't heard from him. Yeah, that that's yeah. Did you get to the point in the Goolsby show where we were giving our thoughts on if this was a, a good get for Notre Dame? Did you, did you get to that part? Yeah, just a little bit. I heard Mike wasn't I guess he wasn't a big fan. Mike said more of the same. And I was like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I I, I, don't, I don't know how it's the same because Swarbrick was a corporate lawyer in the courtroom and things of that nature. This guy's doing NFL deals, Sunday night football, Big Ten football, correct? The big deal that uh, the Big Ten just did. He This is the guy that signed the contract. This is yeah. the guy that did all that contract, which leads me to go, all right, which means he's probably, as a Notre Dame alum, he's talking to Swarbrick and letting him know what's going on on the side and things of that nature. Um, I know Swarbrick has talked about getting more Big Ten teams on the schedule, which they do have, by the way, in a couple of years. So is the schedule going to start being more Big Ten ACC as it's NBC driven with some of those preseason games? So I I was just excited just because of the sports. And the, and the gentleman who just asked, you know, what about NIL? Well, we got NBC. I mean, who's to say he does? there's not corp, you know corporate people, part of NBC that are helping and dishing things out to work to work with uh, Notre Dame football players down the road, you know, when they once again, it's going back to that Rolodex. I, yeah, I don't, yeah, I didn't finish it. I, I wanted to go back and re-listen to Goolsby and I haven't talked to him yet uh, about his thoughts. I would, you know, when he says more of the same, I didn't, I didn't understand what he meant by that. Cause I think it's completely different. I mean, more of the same, if you're saying it's a Notre Dame guy, well, yeah, they're going to hire a Notre Dame guy. I think that's going to be true and true down the road here. I do like Tim that they he he has a Notre Dame degree. I think that that's a pretty good thing, especially if you're a Notre Dame coach on the recruiting trail and you say, "Hey, we pitch four for 40. You can just look at your athletic director and be like, "Hey, this guy who's calling the shots here for our football program, he he was on the football team again. Maybe you don't need to uh, broadcast who's a walk-on punter, sure. um, but still a national championship player. <laughs> you know, hey, yeah, the facts." Yeah. Are the facts? Um, Jack Swarbrick, sixty-nine years old, I believe. Nice. Um, Bavek with fifty-one. So, I mean, you're getting a um, years. Young, younger guy, maybe a little yeah. bit more energy. Not that Jack didn't. I'm not going to yeah. pretend to know all the ins and outs of exactly what you know Jack was what his day-to-day duties look like. But it just seems like it's a good time to go from the older lawyer to the younger broadcast yeah. chairman you know nbc sports group chairman like that's that to me sounds like all right this is a good athletics director for the future he checks he seems to check the boxes for me right in today's world you need the broadcast and the nil and it just it makes sense and he's got the notre dame degree so no, i was gonna say on top of that it's, it's the shaking hands i mean you got a guy that's been involved in nbc sports so it's sunday night football i mean I haven't gone back. I'm sure he's. I'm sure NBC's had a Super Bowl. There's probably on this year once again. I don't keep track of the TV and watching the game. So you know, you got Super Bowls. Obviously, Notre Dame football, the, the the Big Ten contract, just so many things that he's been a part of. And I watched a great interview that you know at yeah. Notre Dame had done a few years ago. I think back in sixteen Swarbrick. before COVID. Yeah, Swarbrick did interviews and they posted that. And it's like, yeah, this guy's a sharp talker. You could see him shaking hands, enjoying the cocktail party circuit at Notre Dame. And uh, I know I heard, I know Mike talked about Notre Dame being a little stuffy at times. Yeah. True. That, you know, that probably is, but yeah, it goes in with Notre Dame. So that's, you know, that's kind of the, the, the way of doing things. And um, I know someone 
you know, another big question I'm sure people in the chat are talking about, I know even on the message board is, oh, does this mean they're going to a conference? My initial reaction was no, I don't, I don't see how going back to the football thing, unless he's just anti Notre Dame football and I want to join the conference. I would say no. I think he's going to be the AD. I think he knows what the TV deal is. I think he knows scheduling, all those things moving forward. The ACC, me personally, unless something just crazy happens, which it has in two years, correct, Mike? I don't see the ACC breaking up, not with that grant of rights and all mm -hmm. these. If, if there was going to be a breakup, lawyers know how to get out of things. Don't you think they would have gotten out of something in the last two years when all this craziness has happened? And they haven't. So. I think the ACC is going to be around a little bit longer here. So that gives Notre Dame some time. So I think Notre Dame can survive constantly being independent. They have tons of games locked in. The The one interesting thing is the SEC because they have a lot of SEC games coming up. And they're more than likely going to go to nine. But is the, is the SEC going to do nine plus a power five? That's something I know Saban has, has talked about when they go to nine is – are we going to drop these out-of-conference games down the road? So, like, next year Alabama plays Wisconsin, but it's eight. In two years when they go nine, we'll, we'll, you know, will they drop it? Like, Notre Dame's got A&M, Arkansas coming up, Florida, Alabama at the end of this decade. So that's going to be interesting to see how the Notre Dame and SEC – because me personally, I am fingers crossed they have at least one SEC home-and-home home every two years from yeah. here to, to eternity, and that would be awesome. Yeah. So just so you guys are know, I'm very clear on this. 51, spry young person, okay? If you're 51, you're a youngin, okay? You can go to the bars that Mike Singer's hanging out with. That's what, that's, that's what I'm saying. Love it. All right, folks, we're going to, uh, before we move on, get into some recruiting talk, which we're going to debate rankings, which is always fun. Oh. You know, I don't know where that, that discussion's going to go, but uh, we will just see. We're going to hear from our sponsors over at um the rogue shop um it's the husband and wife outfit mr rogue and his wife char are craft cannabis farmers who specialize in small batch sustainable plant medicine a true holistic type of small business they farm and grow everything themselves and do everything by hand website to visit is of course rogueshop.com they sell everything folks you've heard me read this ad before you can probably recite it with me. CBD, THC, edibles, tinctures, smokables, bath salts, pain creams, topicals, vapes, candles, soaps. And if you can believe it, there's even more. Their website has a 24-7 chat function where you can hop on the website and ask Mr. Rogan Shar any questions you may have. Go to rogueshop.com if you have issues sleeping, chronic pain, and or have anxiety, stress issues. And you can use promo code blue and gold. That is one word blue and gold to get 10% off your order over at rogueshop.com. And I will tell you guys, they're like Mr. Mr. They're in charge. They're great people. Really, really good people. So if you're interested in that realm, rogueshop.com, tell them Mike Singer sent, sent you and uh, that would be great. Okay. So rankings, Mr. Hyde. So I posted an article at blueandgold.com. Um, I can find, if I can find it, uh, let's see where it was. Nope. That's not it. But it was about, look, CJ Carr, Notre Dame's quarterback commit in the 2024 class, um, is going to the elite 11 finals in Los Angeles this week. And, uh, I talked to Charles power about what, Hey, what do you want to see from Carr this week? And this is a premium article at blueandgold.com. So you can head to the website and uh, check it out if you are a website member. And if you are not, I don't know what the heck you're doing. We always have fantastic promos. So you should absolutely go check it out if you uh, if you can. If you've got that kind of cash flow in your pocket, which you don't need a lot. But anyways, again, I'm not going to read Power quote Power's quote on here because, again, it was in that premium article. But he, he had... The gist was Carr has been so good on Friday nights that we really, or, or excuse me, he's been, or, let me, let me, let me start over. He's been so good in the camp settings that there's not really a whole lot new that we can see from him because anytime Carr goes into camp, he looks phenomenal, but I guess the progression that they want to see is more on Friday nights. Um, Carr had some really good moments in his junior season I mean, they utter. I mean, 
Salim utterly dominated a lot of competition, but then they had some games that were, you know, not so good and, and Carr struggled from time to time, you know, against the better competition, but then also Carr's team, you know, wasn't amazing either. So, but I don't think these talent scouts really are looking at your wins and losses or even stats super much or, or so much at the high school level as much, Tim, as just how you look on film. So I'll ask you to kind of kick off this discussion and, and folks watching on YouTube um, live with us. You can let us know your thoughts as well or and let us know in the comments if you're watching back. But like how important do you think like or if you were there, Tim, at this Elite 11 finals? how much would you take into consideration like what you do at a camp? All right. I'm going to continue before you answer that because he's like, listen, I would like to see, you know, the arm strength. Like that's one thing that I want to see, like just his, his stature, his arm strength and how he looks in that setting. Because look, I don't, I'm not really going to base my rankings off of who wins the accuracy competition, which and everyone on our message board at bloomgold.com was saying, well, Charles Power doesn't care about accuracy. No, that's not what he was saying. He was saying that who gets the most points in throwing the ball into a bag in shorts and T-shirts in Los Angeles, California in June is not really a big indicator on what your ranking should be. And thank God that it's not. Um, all right. That's all I got, Tim. That, that was a lot of rambling. Thoughts on all this? No, I mean me personally, I I love the Elite Eleven. I mean I've I've been to a few of them before. That's where I went to high school, Redondo High School. I don't know if they're still doing it at Redondo these days. So great location, great high school stadium, and those guys. Yeah, I mean by the way, the the message board today with you and everyone else has been the ball has been the best. I'm gonna screenshot it. It's some of the best days message chats of all time, and. uh yeah, it's a lot more than just throwing into baskets and nets, as you like to say, which I thought was awesome today, it, which it is. Those guys put them through the ringer. They're they're doing playbooks. They're doing drawing up on whiteboards, memorizing, you know, you know, so much coaching and stuff like that. And then you go out there and it's it's not the same every day. You know, they do have a pro day, which is based off of the NFL combine testing these guys just like the combine. And then they have their accuracy throws, which cars is dynamic. He should be awesome you know, when they do that stuff. So they got a ton of wide receivers over the years. It's gotten bigger with a lot of wide receivers are starting to go out there. You know, tons of guys with, you know, division one power five offers are going to this camp. So it's, I think it's important because I think it's a heck of a camp. I, I mean, who went last year is the, the Oklahoma guy went there, you know, he had already had a lot of hype and stuff like that. He went out there and just blew everyone out of the water at the camp and just blew him up to five-star status. And then, Obviously, he went out and uh, did it during his senior year. So I think it's a good camp. I, I mean, do you put all your eggs into it? No. But as Mike Singer loves to say, it's a huge data point. And it's all about these little, you know, ticks on the on the board that you mark off. So I think it, I think it's a it's going to be a great thing because they're doing it so much more like the little sidearm throw he did right there off platform. They're doing more of that stuff instead of just your traditional three step, five step drop back. So many things that go into it. And um, all anyone has to do is go on YouTube, type in Elite 11, and there's a billion films on there. You can watch of these quarterbacks and see the drills they do. So I'm excited to see CJ Carr and uh, and see how this thing rolls this week. There are some really good quarterbacks. That's That's been talked about a ton. Like this is a down year in quarterbacks. At least top 10. You take the top 10. I think the top 10 in the country, if Notre Dame had any of these guys in the top 10, even top 12, we would be happy as could be. There are some electric quarterbacks in this class. Yeah, numbers one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I mean, the top eight quarterbacks per the industry ranking are all there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Georgia has two quarterback commits there. It's it's a really good group. Yes. Um as we as we scroll through the list and you know and the whole you know a lot of this is you know obviously the notre dame fans are you know you know the pitchforks and uh you know going crazy about cars ranking he's a top 10 quarterback i mean he's the what, top 50 in the country per the consensus to me that's what matters who cares what one ranks them or whatever there's four services over the course of four different philosophies four different criteria four different ways of interpreting data and film and whatnot 
He's a top 50 quarter, uh, top 50 national player. I think that's what matters, and which means he's a heck of a football player. And Notre Dame's getting one of the premier quarterbacks in the country, and we should be excited. You know, I, I really think that although these rankings are just kind of they're just good for fodder and entertainment. Mm-hmm. I mean, that it, I, I think it can kind of paint a picture of how crappy we can be as people that we can't listen to the other people or, or we can't listen to other thought process. It's like, I disagree with your ranking of CJ Carr. I am now dismissing you as at your job. You know, like, it, it, like why, why can't we just say, Oh, you, you don't think CJ is, is very good. Then, huh? Uh, you know, that's, that's interesting. This, this is what I'm going to go back to Tim. When Notre Dame lands a commitment from Teddy Rezac, he has the, you know, he's the number 800 something player in the country, right? Where's everyone going? Why are they just taking three stars, right? So when you do that, what you're saying is these rankings are are very, very important. And I'm going to listen to the ranking to guide my thoughts on these players. So if Charles Power ranks them, now you're saying that this is no good? So, you know. You're saying, oh, this ranking's stupid. This guy doesn't – well, is he stupid with Teddy Rezac? Or is he – like, you know, are, are these things gospel or not? So that's that's my thing is why, where I go back to data points. Just take it as a data point. You have all these really good things about C.J. Carr, but then there's this one guy who doesn't have him ranked as high. Like, hmm, that, that's kind of interesting, right? And just, then, just take it take it from And me. then you could go on – I mean – I mean, you and I had a conversation on on last week. Some guy was just going crazy on the rankings, and you had you know responded on our YouTube, and I did a couple as well. And it's like, and who ranks CJ Carr the highest? The one group that no one likes, no one listens to, and it's ESPN has them in the top three. So ESPN is 100% correct on this one, correct? Yet everyone, how many how many times do we see in our YouTube comments ESPN's trash, trash? You know, oh, it's like. Yet they have him number three. So it's it's one of four. It's the way I look at it. It's one of four. You roll from there. The people with on that are upset with the on three ranking, fine. But watch the film. And I and I could I could easily justify CJ Carr being the third or fourth quarterback in this class. I don't think he's in the top couple. I just don't. I think there's some some studs. But I could also say, okay, so he's the 10th ranked quarterback in this class, if you really look at it and whatnot. I think at the end of the day, he's going to be, what is he, five in the consensus now? I think Six. he's going to be. Rivals think, had an update the other day. I, so he dropped Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he's going to be five, seven, maybe eight. Does that drop? I think there's some under recruit, uh, underappreciated quarterbacks in this class that I think are going to keep going up and up. So. That's my opinion on him. He's a good quarterback. Notre Dame's getting a top 10 quarterback in the country. That is rarefy air, you know, over the last decade, so to speak, you know, when you look at it. I wouldn't be a uh, Notre Dame football show if we weren't talking about rankings. So, yeah. Tim says, if the rankings make Notre Dame look good, I like them. If they make Notre Dame look bad, they are trash. Tim, you have – Tim, you have – Go ahead, Mr. Hyde. No, no, I was going to say the rankings. I mean, what what's the other conversation this week? People are talking about Styles Prescott. Oh, why isn't he this? Why isn't he this? Yeah, down three ranks him as the tenth best, you know, lineman in their category. So yeah. once again, someone has them really high on their evaluations and their projections. Others have them as the fortieth best player. So it's like, okay, somewhere lies in the middle, and there's your consensus. That's you know. At least, you know, when I do data points, look at it, rankings, I just focus on those. Which is why we do like the um, the industry ranking. Yeah. Yes. On three has him as the number 189 overall player, number 10 interior offensive lineman. ESPN has him as a four-star in outside of their national rankings. Everyone in 24-7 rivals has him as three-star videos. Like, why is he listed as an interior guy? Because on three thinks he projects best as an interior guy. So I guess that's where they're going to rank him up. I don't know. I'd put him as a tackle, but I, like again, I think we can have discussions and and it op- be dis- I, guys. I, I see Charles Power all the time. He's a really good dude. Really like hanging out with him. And I'm just like, hey Charles. Every single time I see him, first thing I say, come on, man, see your car. What are you doing? But I don't have to say I hate you. You you don't know what you're 
you don't know how to do your job. What are you doing? You know, like, wait, why, why do we have to be like that? People just, I, I tell him he's wrong on CJ Carr. He gives me his opinion, which is honestly the same exact opinion that he'll give me on the record as off the record, which I respect about him too. Um, and and then we just then we'll talk about something else. Right, and then you gotta you gotta respect you know. And he comes out, he says what he believes. He has he basically has a philosophy. They have a blueprint that they follow, and that's what they do. Yeah. And at the same time, they watch a ton of film, and he's one of four that heads up recruiting services. He's the one of the four guys. So it's a uh, go from there. Go but yeah, Tim, what I do love about this comment, Tim B, I'm talking to the commenter here. Yeah. Is just say your bias. Like, right. If CJ Carr were committed to Michigan, you would say he's worse than that. You yeah. would. That's just the truth. One of my favorites when we got into the pot of gold way back when on this class with Julian Sand. I love Julian Sand. If Julian Sand was a, the Notre Dame, if if Tommy Reese wanted him over CJ Carr, we would be going crazy on Julian Sand. Instead, they're like, oh, he's going to Alabama. That's the only reason why he's ranked high. No, he's a damn good quarterback. And if CJ yeah. Carr went to where his entire family went, Michigan, there in Ann Arbor, yeah, you're right. Oh, he sucks. We hate Michigan. Coming to Notre Dame, so we go want, over above. I want to say something. This conversation that Tim and I are having, we're disagreeing with our listeners for the most part. Like you, you're, if you're watching, listening, you probably are like, man, screw that singer guy. I like his takes on some other things, but screw him on this. This is like again. This is not popular. I, I know exactly what we should do, Tim and I, if we just want to have unpopular takes from among the Notre Dame fans and might boost ratings a little bit. But we're not going to do that. We are going to shoot you guys straight. So that's that's just what we are. So Tim B, I really do appreciate this comment because just tell me your bias. Just yeah. just tell me. Like I I appreciate this. I am yeah. very biased about Steve Angeli. I yeah. tell you guys all the time, love the kid and love the family. I'm very biased when it comes to Steve Angeli. I also like, think he's very good at quarterback. But like, like real quick, you know, talking about the Elite 11, like one quarterback I had never really watched much at all. And about two months ago, Aaron Nolan going to Ohio State. I'm like, who is this Aaron Nolan? I thought it was a, I thought it was a seven on seven team. I kept seeing him on all these articles. You watching <laughs> this film and you're telling me you wouldn't want that guy in South Bend throwing the football for you? That guy is a stud. So there's so many good core DJ Lagway. Some don't yeah, like yeah. him. Some do. I think he's, I think he's a stud. If not the best quarterback in this class, he's outstanding. All right. A couple super chats from trash and Andrew Gilmore. Appreciate these recurring viewers. Always dropping comments and super chats. Trash says you need a touchdown to win from your 10 yard line. And you have Jimmy Claus and Ian book and Brady Quinn on your team. Who are you sending in to him? So we third and two, third and 18, third and 18. Yeah, you got a couple sacks and you're down. I don't know. I'm just making up stuff. It's like, what is the situation? Yeah, Jimmy beat Purdue, but down inside the red zone on one foot, the little in and out, little uh, Susie route, which I call it there to Kyle Rudolph. You got uh, obviously Ian Ian Book, the zone read keeper against Michigan in 18. Obviously the beat Vatek in 19 at the end with the scramble. Or Brady Quinn, man, had the, one of the greatest iconic runs in Notre Dame Stadium history, the QB scramble to take the lead against SC in 05. It's like, man, there's some great moments those guys did. So if I if you have one, it's like, what's the situation? I mean, I'll go, I'll go Brady Quinn. Yeah, I'll, 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 go, I'll go Brady Quinn. I'll go Brady Quinn, physical, strong. If he's got to run QB draw to go get it, I – when I think Brady Quinn, great moments, red zone, um, it's always that SC game. The way he just drove down for that oh, somewhat of a winning touchdown for a moment in time against 05 SC. But, uh, yeah, I'd take Brady Quinn. But, but all of them had great moments down there. Yeah. You guys know uh, Brady Quinn made me cry when I was a kid. That's <laughs> a Georgia Tech fan. Georgia Tech, the, yeah, you mentioned that. Was it 2006? Six. They went down to Atlanta and beat Calvin the, Johnson. The Fourteen to ten game. Yes, yeah. I cried like a baby that night. <laughs> like the last Georgia Tech team, I, I think maybe two thousand nine actually. But yeah, I, I couldn't tell you a single player in Georgia Tech's roster right now. Well, I probably could if I ever thought about it just from recruiting. But anyways, um, okay, Tim. Before we get to the next super chat from Andrew Gilmore, I just wanted to go back to the car, the car situation, right? Mm -hmm. Where. So th this comment from Chief made me think of what I'm about to say. He says, I am completely objective when I'm biased about Notre Dame. And I'm like, yeah, that's funny. 
you know, I follow the local MLS, you know, Major League Soccer team in Atlanta, Atlanta United. I go to as many games as I can. There's a, a local newspaper guy who has a podcast about the team, and I send in questions for almost every single one of the podcasts. And my questions are like, fire the coach, or why aren't we firing the coach? One, why aren't we benching the goal the goalkeeper? I, and he's laughing at me. My questions. He's like, and he knows who I am. He knows like I'm a journalist. We follow each other on Twitter and everything. And he'll tease me on the podcast. He's like, really? Like you're you do my job covering Notre Dame? Like what do you? He doesn't say that on his podcast and maybe yeah. privately. But I'm thinking to myself, this is exactly how the Notre Dame fans are, right? You know. In my like, I'm the Notre Dame fan in that scenario, and and it's it's funny to me um, to be like when I am sending in questions, being like, all right, what's actually a good question, or or what's just total fan clouded yeah. things? Because ever after every loss, everyone's every every single question for the podcast is fire the manager, fire the manager, and well, uh, I've maybe done that too. Well, speaking of fan thing, can you? Someone just said. Once again, we got the Cam Williams drops out of five-star rankings. What Cam Williams is not a five-star. I don't understand this. Please bring this up. Yeah, we, I we think, talked about this a month ago. Yeah, yeah. I think on 24-7, their composite it's ranking had him as a – Even though he's a four-star in all four, but he's a five-star. I don't understand. Yeah, it, it's, it's because if you're in the top 32, I oh. think – which I don't like it. If you're, are you a five star or are you not a five star? Yeah, I, but I guess for the industry or composite or whatever, I, I mean, it's splitting hairs. I, that's why the the four versus five stars, right? For even for your blue chip ratio, Tim. That's why I don't mm-hmm. like it because there's such a big difference in this four star level that's just on the brink of five star versus oh, the guy who's just on the brink of being a four star. You know, is more of a three-star, four-star borderline. But the number 450 player in the country is equal to the number 36 per just well, – oh, 450, four yeah, four, Well, 450 is a three-star, right? It's only, it only goes up to 400, I think, for the four-stars. If I, if I, I thought it was 450, but I could be wrong. Maybe on the on-three ranking, but the consensus is 400. It's funny you say that. I've actually started a little, you know, you know, you know Tim Hyde uh, research project here and been going back breaking down five stars, then top 50. And then one thing I've noticed is a gentleman on the, on the blue and gold message board is awesome. He's always talking about ratings and really your top 100. I know we always say top 100, but in all actuality, it's about a 93. So if you're a 93 rating, you're a top 100 player. Like Notre Dame's had a handful of guys, 108, 115, but they're in that 93. They're only a milli points away been breaking that down and then i've been on this kick about top 250 which is really an nfl draft who are the notre dame loading up on on 250 guys going back to freeman in the 22 23 classes has gotten more at notre dame in the previous you know 10 years under kelly so uh, starting to highlight those but i get your point about the threes high threes low threes things of that nature but uh the blue chip ratio it's what it's a, oh, it's a, a huge, it's a fun, fun data point. Fun data point. Yeah, we need to do a show next week. I haven't really gotten into it. I've only seen it. We need to dive into that maybe next week and break down the teams because I know Notre Dame's once again in the top 10, I believe. Or the, what, the rankings? Uh, blue chip ratio, I believe, heading into this season. So, well, I guess the the guy, the guy, um, Bud Elliott, I believe, he but, came up yeah. with it's more about not these teams win a national championship. It's mm-hmm. if you. You're on a list. Yeah, or it's more of you have the opportunity to win it. So yes. I, I think, again, it has some merit. I think it's interesting. Because he's – yeah, and he also – in one of his articles is, um, you know, because everyone that's had – you know, everyone's been 50% going back to this since 2010. I think it started with Cam Newton, who's right at 50. If I someone may prove me wrong, maybe it's 2011. Then there's only been a couple teams that have been right on the cusp of, uh, you know, winning it with – 48, 49%, which, um, but they didn't. So once again, it's that upper echelon, as long as you have 50. And if you have 70, you have a huge shot. The crazy thing is, uh, yeah, well, like I said, I've only, I only saw the, the, the photo edits and that was Bama's got, everyone says Bama's going down, which just cracks me up by the way, 90%, 90% of their football team <laughs> is four or five. So that's not bad. 90 
That is insane. Tim, you, you know when I was like, hey, man, maybe we'll go 45 minutes for this show. And, yeah, we're not going 45 minutes. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. Well, yeah, I know. We, oh. we, get these, we get on these kicks. I know, and it's fun. It's always ranking. Rankings right. always get started. Oh. All right, one more quick thing, then we go to Super Chat from Andrew. Sure. David says, what's the story with the new receiver from Idaho who's now ranked higher than Cam Williams and some other top receivers? I'm sorry, I can't oh. remember his name. Okay, I, this is news to me. I never even heard of this kid. Oh, no. yeah. Gamma offered him a while back. I think even Georgia. He He's kind of like uh, Nelson, the, the Nebraska tight end, as far so he, as his – Guy in the middle of nowhere, you watch his film and you're like, wow, he's 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 pretty athletic. So he's lower than car or car cam, according to the ranking and on three's rankings. But yes, I mean, geez, 24 7. It's a great receiver class, by the way. Um, yeah, there you go. It's pretty interesting. Uh, um, yeah, he's, he's pretty talented. I've only watched all right, Tim. We're not spending time on Idaho wide receivers, no, we got to keep going. No, but he is Andrew, man. Andrew says, tough to win without elite edge talent. Michigan defensive ends turned them in 2021. Do you see Notre Dame trying to flip someone at edge? Maybe a Darius Hayes of Florida commit. Um, thank you for the super chat. My read right now is with the four defensive line commits right now. And um, see if I can remember all their names off the top of my head. We got Thomas. You Sevillano, Mullins, Thomas, uh, and Young. I think they're good, but – They'll take rushing and or Scott, but I just have a feeling. Let's say they lose out on rushing and Scott. Ooh, I know. Let's say they both do. Then I think that um, they might readdress that and and go take a fifth. Someone they'll take a flyer on somebody or be able to flip someone. You know, a lot of these reports from guys like me, I'm like, oh, this is what Notre Dame's looking to take. It's as of now, these things are very subject to change. So Hayes, I doubt. Um, I think that ship has sailed. I saw him tweet the other day, like, hey, um, I am taking other visits, but don't y'all worry, I'm 100% Florida. I'm like, uh, I mean, I wouldn't feel great about that. Um, yeah, if my wife told me she's going on dates with other guys, I don't know how I'd feel about it. But, um, yeah, guys, you know, guys, yeah, you never know. I mean, not, not everyone's Peyton Bowen. You know, sometimes guys just like a free steak. So, <laughs> and, they, and they do it. But, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, great question. Yeah, they need edge talent, but the way Notre Dame's positioning their ends is once again, Viper is that is really an outside linebacker. It's yeah. a linebacker rush guy. Jordan Batello, as much as we talk about him being a rusher and all that, he's played, you know, uh, I almost said drop linebacker, the old Bob Davy term. He's been the rover, he's been the outside linebacker to the wide side. They moved him to the rush end, the Viper. Tuli Alamaka was a Mike, they moved him out there. So that's the the evolving under Marcus Freeman going into his really his third year of his defensive. Right. That. That's what he wants that position to be. Like Logan Thomas is perfect for that stand up rush guy who could drop. That's that's what that position's going into. Yep. So here is the uh, the yeah. edge in the class. Yeah. And Andrew says, yeah. I mean, he's the edge. And then I would say Bryce Young, Cole Mullins is that end. And then obviously Big Sean is the nose. You know. He, is who moves to three tech? Three tech. Yeah, we'll, you know, we'll good thing you have other, you know, other players from other classes. Other classes yeah, Ty- Tyson Ford's a redshirt freshman. Devin Houston's going to be more than likely redshirted this year. You still have, you know, you know, uh, uh, Donovan Heinish from a few years ago is up to two ninety ish. He's going to get some some love in here. Still got Jason Anya, who's got three years of eligibility left, I believe. I believe no, no, he's a twenty one class, so he's not. Finally, we'll start getting rid of some of these COVID guys, right? So, but Anya's got a handful of class, what, three, because he's a redshirt guy. So, there's a bunch of guys still on the interior that are going to be building here over the next couple of years. Yeah. Busy time with Notre Dame football recruiting. Wink, wink. Maybe, maybe some news coming soon. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. I love Uh, it. To to blueandgold.com. Trash always dropping the interesting super chats. (laughs) He says, Is the media bias against Notre Dame real? Sure. I mean, it, I mean, all you have to say is, you know, for the not the old guys, Mike, the guys that the elder guys that could go to those establishments you go to is 93. I mean, just say 1993. Of course, they're biased. Does the why do you think all this talk? This is my little conspiracy for my uh, good buddy out there, Mr. Mike Goolsby, my little conspiracy take on the, all of this Notre Dame join a conference. You know why they want Notre Dame to join a conference? Because they don't want to talk about it. 
they don't want to talk about him unless they have to within a conference. They they just don't. They don't. You know that's that could be the bias and and whatnot. Even though Notre Dame has been doing this thing for a hundred plus years, so they they have proven they don't need a conference, and that drives people nuts. So is there bias? I mean, probably in awards. How in the world did Quentin Nelson not win the Outland? That's a bias. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So uh, Rocket is. I mean, some Heisman's over the years. What, yes. what about what about the irony in that a uh, lifelong Notre Dame fan is giving that answer? That's that's kind of the the, the irony there, right? I mean, yeah. Rajon's comment here. There's me. There's media bias both ways. Like, yes, I've told you guys the story before when I was at the old place working. They flat out told me. This player who's committed to Notre Dame, we don't think he's very good. We're dropping him down to a four-star outside of the national rankings. And if he was not committed to Notre Dame, it would be a three-star. I remember vividly where I was even standing for that conversation and who I was talking with and, and everything. So I, it's because Notre Dame sells tickets, right? Notre Dame tickets, web pages, uh, fans in the seats. Those things, like, I mean, they matter, Mike. So if you rank a guy and you put him on the cover and things of that nature, it gets people excited. There's your other, you know, side to the bias right there of giving Notre Dame benefit of the doubt sometimes. Andrew says we were preseason top five last year. It, it, it's a fair point, but um, yeah, I don't think they're biased. I mean, if Notre Dame's twelve and zero, they're in the playoffs. They're going to be nationally ranked. That's I not a bias. Media. So media. What people need to understand: we're all just like you guys. We just went to journalism school, and you know. But we all still grew up watching college football, yeah. right? So, you know, the guys who grew up hating Notre Dame and now are in national media roles still probably hate Notre yeah. Dame. And yeah. so, yeah, there is. But I still think there is um, – there, there, there's the positives. There's the positives as well. I mean, Marcus Freeman is a pretty damn likable character. Like, I think, like, the media loves Marcus Freeman. Yeah, you know, so they're like that's kind of a been a maybe creating positive bias for Notre yeah. Dame. I mean, there's not a there's not a Notre Dame you know conference week like the SEC or Big Ten. You know, when they have their conferences get together in July. So what happens? All these national beat writers will go visit Marcus Freeman personally and do interviews, upcoming interviews, and things of that nature. So that's Notre Dame. You know, I don't think I think the media bias. I think it comes when more so Notre Dame's bad and the bias comes out of they don't talk about them sometimes. There'll be times Notre Dame's not even mentioned on college game day after a couple losses and whatnot because they don't want to me mention him to give him any press whatsoever. So, yeah. All right, we're going to talk about a couple of recruits. Linebacker recruits are supposed to be officially visiting Notre Dame this weekend. Um, I wanted to do like a full visitor preview kind of deal, but – Yes. And even though the recruits are flying out Thursday night to get to South Bend, it's still too early. <laughs> We're talking 24 hours. I just wanted to give a little bit more time because additions, subtractions to the official visitor list is kind of sketchy. So um, I don't want to talk about someone and then they don't end up showing, which I'm still kind of nervous about with this list. You just never know. But we're going to talk about two guys who are visiting this weekend and get Tim Hyde's thoughts there from the Washington, D.C. area. Um, which I'm sure people from that area are going to shoot me and say that, no, this is not actually, you know, whatever. You, <laughs> shush. Keyshawn Flowers, Archbishop Spalding High School. Um, good old three-star Tim, but pretty pretty strong offer list. I don't know. Yes. He's got Miami, Notre Dame. I want to say he just visited Miami this past Alabama. Week. Alabama's okay. Penn State, Virginia Tech, USC, Tennessee, Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, you know, then you look at Duke Wake Forest on his offer list. I don't, you know, Notre Dame, obviously strong academics. So, um, six one and a half, two hundred fifteen pounds is what he's listed at. I want to say we've 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 talked about him a good bit on our shows before, but maybe a little bit while, a while back. But yeah, what do you yeah. think? About him? I mean, he's, I mean, he's, he's to me the first thing I know. He's Osbury. He looks like you know Osbury who they got last year, smaller in statue. All we've heard for months is length and arm length and width and all this stuff. He has none of that. Yeah. So he's definitely on the shorter uh, side of things. So you could throw that a uh, philosophy. Freeman's only recruiting length through, through the wall, but uh, he's physical. And uh, 
He's got some really good film. I mean, half probably more than half of his film is just him blitzing. So if you like to watch a guy run through holes and knock the heck out of people, it's a heck of a film to watch. But uh, very aggressive. I would definitely, you know, he's definitely an in-the-box wheel backer down the road, 6'1", your stout 225-ish type of frame down the road because he's got a lot of athleticism, and those are some of the schools that are recruiting him. So I know he just went to Miami, raved about his Miami trip. So I was like, oh, my gosh, is he even going to visit Notre Dame? Visited uh, Alabama, I think, just a few weeks ago for an unofficial, and they offered him uh, when he was down there. So he's he's got speed, athleticism, a really good, strong, in-the-box type of football player that could fly the football. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of players, um, uh, you know, he goes to Miami. Oh, is he even going to make it to Notre Dame? Speaking of that, Jalen oh. McClain, um, oh, you know, yeah. a safety recruit who Notre Dame is going to have this up on campus this weekend – commits to Ohio state after his official visit last weekend. Yeah. So that's what I was kind of talking about. You just don't know whether they, you know, they come off the list or Notre Dame gets a commitment in one of these positions and you, you don't know, but in terms of Notre Dame standing on for Keyshawn flowers, it's interesting. There's been several guys who visited this summer and you're like, it's hard to kind of gauge where Notre Dame is at going into the visit guys like Carter Nelson, Bradley Shaw, like players who haven't been around as much, you know, they're, they're from farther out. Just don't know, and you wait. And Notre Dame—it's not like Notre Dame has a, a fantastic feel either way. Too, you bring the kids in for the official and see where it goes from there. That's kind of the gist. So I think Notre Dame would be pretty happy if Keyshawn Flowers wanted to commit to the Fighting Irish. Al Golden um, is pretty active in the DMV and just kind of the East Coast, Northeast region um, for the Irish. And of course, he's a linebacker too, so that's Golden's territory. Gold's actually a pretty darn good recruiter. Um, I, I was not super fired up about that hire and thought he was going to be more of a CEO DC, but I, I've been impressed with him as a, as a defensive coordinator, yeah. linebackers coach recruiter. Um, so yeah, it's Keyshawn flowers again, official visiting Notre Dame this weekend. The Irish have two linebacker commitments, Bodie Cahoon and Teddy Rezac, but they're going to take three linebackers in this class, Tim, and it potentially could be four. Four, <laughs> so, four with the guy down South down the road yeah they got so they have bradley shaw yes who i i think notre dame's in pretty good position with the official visit last weekend they bring in Keyshawn flowers again most likely also kingston Villiamuasa from st john bosco i guess it's a decent high school um yeah not 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 too it's bad not, tim they've had some players go there through the years it's not even fair the guys <laughs> i know all three, uh, of the, all three of the linebackers this year are all going, you know, power five. They got, they got, yeah, they got some guys. They got some guys. Uh, you know, I, if I were able to go through every single player I've ever interviewed in my career, I bet the like the, the school with the highest count, my, it might be St. John Bosco. It, it, like, because I used to cover some Pac-12 schools, so um, yeah. it would not. Well, they be. just had a guy, what, a 2026 guy just uh, visited, right? I think you reported on you and Kyle recently and i know there's a handful of other offers they've thrown out so these guys talking freeman chad Bowden, these guys they're being so much more aggressive in the powerhouse known as the trinity league than the last half times a thousand it really is so fingers crossed something's going to pay off but with uh kingston i've been saying for months the only two guys i want in this class are gerby lambert and kingston that's it the rest of it uh, i don't care I mean, it'll fill up, fill up how you want them. I want those two because I love giant linemen and Gerby's a large lineman that's violent. And I've said, uh, watching Kingston, I've seen him live. I saw him live as a freshman. He was unbelievable. And then I think he's the most ready-to-play linebacker to come to Notre Dame since Jalen Smith. I truly believe that. I think he's a guy that could come and play as a freshman. Now, I'm not saying start, get on the field. 25, 30 snaps somehow. He is a technician. He is violent, physical, four-year starter in the best high school program in the country, if not, you know, 1A, 1B, them in modern day. And uh, he would have no issues coming in in January, getting his feet wet and knowing how to play football at the Notre Dame level because that's what Bosco is. They're a, a national powerhouse that knows how to work and does the things Notre Dame does. So, I hope, I mean, obviously the final three, you could talk about that, Mike, is a battleground. You predicted him to Notre Dame. I'm going to hold you to that. 
but I won't, obviously. It's predictions. Predictions, correct? But he is a flat-out dude. So let's uh, light some candles, Notre Dame fans, and uh, go to the grotto, wherever your uh, local Catholic church is, and uh, say, come on home, Kingston. All right, so official visits, back-to-back-to-back. USC June 9th. Schoolies visited nine times. Ohio State. Oh, they're an hour. I mean, 30 yeah, minutes away right. from his house, probably 20. All right. Uh, Ohio State next weekend, and of course, Notre Dame this weekend. Uh, you know, he went a year without visiting campus, right to the date, spring game 2022, yeah. spring game 2023. And then, you know, uh, the key was for Notre Dame to get him on campus twice this year before he commits. Yep. And that's what they're doing. I mean, he, to my knowledge, visiting this weekend. Yeah. So for all of the, listen, I'll talk to USC people, Ohio State, you know, different reporters and industry sources, I like to call them. Oh, USC feels good. Oh, Ohio State feels good. Oh, Notre Dame feels good. Just do visits, take the visits, and then uh, see how it goes. And then see how it goes. Like, I know folks want me to give them the juicy intel about the, you know, will, will the aunt's barber, um, you know, or, or his aunt's hairdresser, um, what, you know, went to school with, you know, Pete Bavequa. You know, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't have that for you. But just the read on this recruitment is he's going to take the officials. Yeah. Like this is a high profile major prospect. The Like for some of these guys who come to Notre Dame, Notre Dame can squeeze them, right? Be like, all right, listen, do you want this or not? Yes. For Kingston Viliamuasa, you're not, you're not doing that, right? Because <laughs> then he'll say kick rocks. Like I'm doing this my way. Like I'm going through the process how I want it. You know, like he's in that position. So I think that this is going to be a deal where he takes his officials. It is down to those three schools. And then he's going to have some big ceremony on, you know, streamed on local media or, you know, on, on uh, you know, when the CBS or whatever and 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 do it that way. I, and you just hope that he had the best time at Notre Dame. Um, but yeah, and- I mean, the staff has put in some work on this recruitment. And that we also had a comment here. Um, yeah, was, you guys was, prefer Bradley Shaw or Kingston Villiamuasa? I Notre Dame would gladly take both and, yes. and have four linebackers, so it doesn't, yeah, yeah. You want a guy going to Ohio State or a guy going to Alabama? Take them both, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> take them both. They're, uh, yeah, and let's, um, God, I really, I'm sure some something tells me him and uh, Junior Tuli Alamaka will be, uh, there you go. Hanging out, I'm sure Junior is going to be his uh, host, and because uh, you know, obviously Junior played at a high-end Catholic school, Alamany, in the Los Angeles Valley, and I'm pretty sure those two guys know each other quite well. So that that'll be a good host. So. Do you like this comment here, Matt? Do you like this comment from Matt? Uh, hi, hey, I'll take that because that, yeah, yeah, because if that means he's coming to Notre Dame, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take yeah, it. Comment. I, I love I love this football player. I think you know you want to talk about rankings. It's like. I'm like, how is he not a five-star? That I do not understand. Because his film is freakish. Where he plays is freakish. How in the world is he not one of the top 25 players in the country? But so be it. He's top 100. We'll go from there. He is a legit linebacker. Yeah. Uh, David makes a good point here saying, uh, I wish we had the last visit instead of the middle of the visit. Ohio State gets the last visit, and they've been very good at closing, especially now that they have Laurinaitis. Yeah. And Ohio State's a major factor in the recruitment as well. Um in terms of the rankings, right, top 100 player, Rivals has him listed as a borderline five-star. We won't talk about on three the rankings. On three, the, my guy Asa and everyone CJ uh, What's going I on? I agree oh, here, man. Um, but anyways, um, I can tell you that Notre Dame views him as a player that they will take him no matter what. Like, they're going to have eight linebacker commitments. They're still taking Kingston. And, you know, real quick on the visit thing, that has always been – overblown like do you okay. know one two or three i i mean if you like the school you like the school so it's you know there's always going to be a high off of these things every i mean you just talked about the safety notre dame who's really good football players trying to get the visit and he went to ohio state just said i'm done which if something as you know mike historically if that happens he's going into that visit this is my number one so you're saying the other way of like yeah he it kind of can be good to go first because if he loves it enough he'll just commit Yes. And Notre right. Dame, obviously, some of the commits have done that, you know, so, you know, yeah. as they go into their visit. I mean, I mean look at, you know, with Logan Thomas just recently and 
I mean, there's been a bunch of guys that have visited and committed. Jesus, losing track of all of them. They, it feels like there's so many. So, yeah, it, I don't, I don't buy. Oh, they got them last. They got them this. No, each program's going to do their own certain thing. Like SC threw out everything. I mean, my gosh, they got Troy Polamalu out to go and hang out with him for crying out loud. So they bringing out the Polynesian love to try and get Asa to stay. Notre Dame's going to do what they do, Notre Dame wise. And Ohio State, by the way, Ohio State people don't realize this. They got a St. John Bosco linebacker on their on their program who signed in 2020. I, I forget his name, but he was all world everything out of St. John Bosco. So there is a Bosco guy on campus. Before that, they had Wyatt Davis out of Bosco, went to Ohio State. He was all Big Ten, and he's in the NFL. So there has been some Bosco feelers, and Ohio State has recruited the heck out of the Trinity League for years. So um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. So he's got friends all over the place. Yeah, And that goes back to Tuli Alamaka, which I wouldn't be surprised if he's got buddies, you know, if he's buddies with him. And you got two Catholic League guys who, who probably know, know each other. Busy, uh, busy time in Notre Dame football recruiting. And Tim, they're at 19 commitments. If you get Tay Johnson, you're at 20. And then it's really just like addition. Like, yeah, you need one more safety after yeah. that. Yes. And you need one more linebacker, right? So it's a luxury after yeah. after they get one more safety, correct? And linebacker. They need three linebackers. They want three linebackers. So yeah. two more safeties. So 19 commits right now. Two more safeties yeah. would be 21. Another linebacker is 22. From there, it's your Justin Scotts, your Elijah Rushings, yeah. your Kingston Villiamuasas, Nelson, right? The tight end in Nebraska. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Well, I would I would include Shaw as the third. Okay. I'm just saying where he's from and the fact that Notre Dame doesn't get guys like that, that is uh, icing on the cake, you know, instead of trying to count him yeah. as a number, I, I guess. I yeah. would say. And then, um, and, and then, yeah, I, but I still think knowing – this Marcus Freeman staff and how much they believe in their own evaluations, mm -hmm. they're going to be like, all right, we want this kid. We believe he's a freak show. Like how they identified Isaiah Cannon when you, when, you know, you guys all thought it was a terrible offer by Notre Dame, this unranked kid with an Indiana offer Notre Dame. Well, yeah, now he's a top hundred crew per on three. So, you know, I think that they'll probably be like, all right, we're going to go get a fourth receiver. Or if Carter Nelson goes elsewhere, yeah. then they identify some second tight end, you know, some, don't get Gerby, then they go get some other offense. I, I think they'll do something like that. I think it'll be around 24, 25. Yeah, it'll be kind of like going after, uh, you know, keeping, I'm sure they're keeping tabs and talking to guys like they did with Minchie, and then something happens, you get, you go late on some guys. Dodrick Estimate, for crying out loud. You talked about that a few weeks ago, that recruitment. Oh, that happened so fast, so late. Um, even Ian Book, people always forget about Ian Book. Ian Book was committed to Washington State, came back from vacation. Goes and visits South Bend, commits the next day. You like yeah, pass it, you know, in August, I believe. So yeah, sometimes you just never know. But um, yeah, you you close like you're saying at least two safeties, and then the rest is just some high high end players out there. They could fill the bottom of this class out, which is which would be awesome. Our last item, Tim, as I mentioned earlier in the show, seventy three days until Notre Dame oh, about this? versus Navy. So uh, our guys at blueandgold.com, our beat writers have been doing this series where you take a day and, and it's, tomorrow will be 72 days until Notre Dame football. And they'll have some discussion around the number 72, right? This is the this is the fun of being a the team beat writer in June. It's very slow and boring, whereas the recruiting side of things is very exciting. Um, but the, the topic here, can Andrew Kristofik, of course, who wears number 73, Jack Sobel, by the way, new blue and gold beat writer. Um, follow him on Twitter at Jack Sobel, S-O-B-L-E 56. Follow him on Twitter. Tweet at him, hey, Mike Singer told me to follow you. I think he'll get a kick out of that. He's going to text me, like, hey, why are these people saying, hey, Mike Singer, what, what are you doing? Just do it, all right? At Jack Sobel 56. Um, so, yeah, his article, Can Andrew Christophic Fill the Right Guard Hole? Um, so, Tim. What are your thoughts? Kenny? Yes. <laughs> End of show. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Kenny, Willie, I'm, I've, I've gone on record. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for, for Rocco. I'm pulling for Rocco Spindler at that right guard, just cause I'm always a fan of obviously today, but I'll, 
I'm already thinking Great. about College Station and playing that with only Billy Shrouf is a returning lineman in College Station game one. It would be nice if you have two. So hopefully Rocco beats him out. But um, no, I mean, he's got obviously the experience. He's got the leg up. I really, I thought Rocco going back to a spring game. I know we don't over-evaluate spring games and spring games don't count, says so, so many fans, yet he looked physical, really active. I liked him more than Christophic in that game as far as a punisher, more violent point of attack. So we'll see. But Christophic's, you know, fifth-year senior. He's got experience. He's got all those starts from 2001, which, you know, I've always been interested. I'm like, I've always been surprised they haven't put, put him next to Joe Holt. Like, since they finished those last seven games together. So, but I guess they like Billy over there and we're okay with that. So, but um, no, I'm, I'm excited. Once again, going in, there's so many battles are pretty much completed now. And um, right guards, probably the last true battle in this coming up in this camp of what we need to figure out going into Navy. All right. Last comment. And then mm-hmm. we're, we're closing off today. So Frank, Sarah, I recognize the name. I know you're balloon member. I appreciate it. Um, your your support. He says, are you disappointed with Notre Dame's lack of June, June lack of commitments? Okay, so today is June 14th. Notre Dame has landed three new football commitments yeah. this month. So that's what, you know, a little over every three days they're getting a commitment, right? Is my math? Is that is that correct? They've gotten a little over four days. Oh my God. Right? I mean, the running back, geez, Louise, that's what I'm saying, Mike. There's been you have Young, who's a top 200 football player, one with the fourth ranked back in the state of Texas. Which well, it's, it's the something. amount. You got Sean, you got Seviano. Is it Seviano? And so, then you got yeah. Logan Thomas, another. Uh, well, that was May. That was May. So, so three: Kedron Young, Styles Prescott. Prescott, my fault. Jeez, Louise. Okay, I thought Thomas. Um, and, and Sean Sevillano. Sev- well, the thing is. It's still just the middle of June. I I, I would put well, nineteen over. people. It's like hold I, on, they awesome. don't have they don't have many more to. Uh, no, you're at nineteen. So this is the thing. I would put the over under on June commitments right now at five and a half total. So they already have three. So, so do they get three more me. this month? Well, two of them have to be a safety, correct? With the way recruiting is going there, there are. Other there's the 2025 class. Oh, you're gonna count. Okay, so you're, oh, that's right. There are guys visiting. 2027. So 27. Yeah, I do. But by the way, I absolutely love when you and the Mikhail, you guys talk about 2026. That is just awesome. I'm like, like who's the coaching staff? What what are the odds? Because I, I I always love these tw- uh, just 2026, like the wide receiver. Oh, I love Coach Stuckey. He's awesome. I'm like, he ain't going to be your coach in 2026. But, <laughs> but anyway, but you can love him all you want right now. But, uh, but that's, an, that's that's one of the mysteries of college football for me. Yes. Always has, Tim. I'm yes. like, I, I get that the kids are kind of naive in I, that. I know. But you would think the high school coaches aren't. Hey, and recruiting, man. I, oh, my God. I've had so many Power 5 guys I've coached, and, and I've always talked about that. Like, listen, go to the school you want to go to school at. Obviously, football program, head coach. Do, don't put, you know, which kills me with the Laronitis, and he's a GA. I think you've even talked about this. He can be gone next year, and everyone's putting all their eggs, and, well, I want to be coached by James Laronitis. He may be there six more months, buddy. Yeah, I like, didn't think Reese was going to be here this year. I said that for a while. Yeah, you actually did. That he was probably going to be one and done and go back home, you know, which he did. And I used to tell my kids all the time, whatever assistant's recruiting you, he could be gone because his best friend gets a, a head coaching job here and he's going to pull him from such and such. Happens all the time in coaching. So, yeah, I always love the 2000. And he's, I don't even, I don't even, if you write a 2027 story, I'm not clicking on it. So I'm not even going to worry. About I don't that. think I have. I think I've written a, a few 2026. Yes. A handful of 26s. Yes. Yes. I remember my first year covering college football recruiting was the 2014 class. And, and I remember USF, the school's coming at the time, offered a 2016. And I was like, 2016? That's so long. I was like, that's it. And that's literally never going to happen. It's so far away. 
now it's and now that kid i you know that player probably has like three kids and you know he's, he's got a master's degree yeah. and, and you know so. and now we've got you know as i like to you know the pot of gold day basically kicks off 18 months in advance signing day for that yeah. class which is just unheard of at notre dame the way things used to do it but that's the way it works now which means the staff's working this tail off to get out 75 offers means they collect a lot of transcripts, a lot of interviews, yeah. a lot of calls ahead of time, a lot of visits. So it's a it's a it's a meat grinder those guys are doing behind the scenes in the recruiting office. All right, that is going to wrap up this week's show. If you're just joining us here recently, go ahead and rewind. You know, if you just joined in 10 minutes ago or 15 minutes ago, just scroll back to the beginning of the show. Check it out. See what you missed on a lot of good topics of discussion today. So please do hit that thumbs up, whether you're watching live or watching back, listen via podcast, head over to blueandgold.com, please. And um, leave us a kind review wherever you listen to your podcast. That's going to do it, Tim. Hope you had a fun show with us. Yeah. Good, good night, Tim. Yeah. Good stuff. See everyone next week. Enjoy the week. All right, everybody. Yeah, exactly. There's going to be like five things happen between now and next Wednesday. So we'll see you. Yeah, there was a quarterback offer and now he looks like he's already committed to another school. So we couldn't even talk about him. There's always, I love that kid. There's always, but uh, all right, that's going to do it for this week's show. I appreciate you everyone. And as always, we will catch you next time.